For us to change the world, we have to be open to discussions and dialogue. We can also be impactful by living a life as a vegan that allows people to connect. Welcome, welcome, Stephanie Red Cross West. We are streaming live on the Vegan Spirituality Facebook page, and this will be prepared for the podcast called Journey Through Health and Wellness. Reimagine TICWAC is the acronym Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed Communities Plus. So that's the handle. Reimagine TICWAC is the handle on, I don't know if Spotify is called a handle, but it's going to be on anchor.fm, Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. And so please, you know, share this widely. I am so excited to talk to you. You are vegan mainstream. So here we go. We are both have had the privilege of being authors in this soon to be released book called Vegan Voices. Now this book is already available through Lantern for pre-order and hopefully somebody who's watching live on Facebook will drop the link. Um, but you can just go to Lantern Books if you're listening to the podcast and um, pre-order your copy, or if you're watching later, you know, after October 10th, when we're having the wonderful launch, October 5th, October 10th, you can just go buy the book or order it from your local bookstore. It is such a pleasure to have you here. I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to ask you right off the bat, first of all, I don't know what, which part to ask about first, the vegan part or the business part, but uh, well, maybe there's the question, which came first, Stephanie? <laughs> well, first, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate being here. This is such an honor and it's really exciting to have this opportunity um, to you know, talk with you and talk with your audience. But as for your question, which came first? I would hey, say- Wait, it's usually the chicken or the egg. That's true. A lot of times I say like the tofu or the soybean. So, you know, we got to figure out what happened first. But I would say, I mean, for my business, the business I created, um, I was vegan first and then I decided to start Vegan Mainstream. But I would also say, you know, entrepreneurialism and corporate business, all that stuff's kind of running through my veins because I grew up as an entrepreneurial and in, in an entrepreneurial family. Um, you know, I went into corporate America and all of that before I started my business, but really my business was based on being vegan. It was based on the idea that I loved really the community that I was a part of. I loved the businesses that were created. I loved how people were trying to change the world, help people get educated. And I really love how businesses can kind of change our community. It can change the way we buy food, way we spend money, all that stuff. And the idea was if we could start putting money into a vegan economy, if we can start putting money into places where businesses are making enough money and then we can donate to nonprofits that we care about. All of those things were really interesting and exciting to me. And the idea was, how do I take what I'm passionate about being vegan and can I run a business? Can I have a business that really is a part of the movement and part of that change? So what, what was your entrepreneurial background? What, and, and I, so I have, it's a two-part question. 
and it might be a long answer, but what was your entrepreneurial background and when did you become vegan? You weren't born vegan. Like what is the name of the incredible young woman who's 27 who I just interviewed last week who was born, that's her tagline, born vegan. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go look that up. Okay. Myself out of here. (laughs) Well, I'll start talking while you look that up. So one thing I would say, as far as my background, as far as being an entrepreneur, really my family was starting businesses. My family was in the art business for extended amount of years. um, And specifically they were around promoting black art. So that's what I grew up with. That's where I grew up with the idea that we were traveling around the country. So I would travel on the weekends. Um, I would go to all these different cities. I would be a part of, you know, what it was like to have the desk at the front and do the checkout. And, you know, back in the day when, you know, you had to like run a credit card, you had to like physically get up, walk to a payphone, dial a 1-800 number and go through that whole process. So I really grew up in the idea of what it takes to build a business from the ground up. But after going to school, the biggest thing I really wanted to do also is get some of that hands-on experience in corporate America. And I had the chance to work for, you know, some big corporations like GE, had an opportunity to do a lot of international work as well. So that gave me a lot of that solid foundation around, you know, not only understanding what it's like to dream something and build it, not only understanding what it's like to build skills but also an opportunity for me to really kind of round myself out and start to figure out what kind of career do I want? What kind of life do I want? And it started with this idea that could I chart my own path? And I think that's what inspired me even um, to do my um, you know, contribution to the book, Vegan Voices, is that concept of a vegan future, that idea that we could make a vegan future happen. Um, I think a lot of that was born in my work through my career of realizing that if I dream it and if I put my heart into it, if I'm dedicated to it, I can make things actually come true. I can make a dream come true. That is so beautiful and so inspirational. And the name I was searching for earlier is Serena Farr, born vegan, but you were born into black art. You're an artist. You're an artist, entrepreneur, vegan. How beautiful is that? Throw up some hearts if you're watching live on Facebook. Uh, if you have questions for Stephanie, drop them in the, in the um, thread. I am just so in awe. Tell us something about how long you've been doing this vegan mainstream thing. And like, would you, how would you inspire some of those who are really into the vegan spirituality aspect to move into whatever they're doing in the world to meld or mold or form together with their vegan spirituality, their veganism, their vegan beingness? Absolutely. And one question I realized I didn't answer was when I became vegan. So I became vegan in um, 2005. So, you know, I really have been kind of on this journey um, for a while. And I didn't start my business until 2009. So I had a few years of really getting grounded in it, really understanding not only was it food on my plate, but understanding the animal rights perspective of it, understanding what it means to be compassionate, what it really means to kind of bring veganism through my life. 
And that's what started me on this journey of saying, oh, cool, I could start a business. And I think as we're thinking about, you know, and, and as we're talking to your group for about vegan spirituality, one thing I would bring up or mention is what happened on my journey, and I'm hoping maybe this helps some others while they're on their journey, is that I wanted to be able to bring together the things I was passionate about. I wanted to be able to kind of meld together what was really important to me, what were things that I wanted to put my heart into and balance that with my career. Because what I didn't want to do is kind of feel like I had to be an activist at night or on the weekends. I really felt like, was there a way I could bring these two things together? So I understand not everyone's going to start a business tomorrow. Not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. But I really feel like there's such an opportunity for all of us out there to make sure that we kind of become these whole people, whole vegans. And what we start to do is bring in our vegan spirituality into the way we interact with people bringing that spirituality into not only into our workplace, you know, wherever we do work, even if we're retired and you're taking care of people in the neighborhood, I think we forget sometimes how important it is to make sure that our compassion, our willingness to understand others' pain, to understand that we need to drive change, to understand that for us to change the world, we have to be open to discussions and dialogue. And I think a lot of that is so important to, to bring together in everything you do. Even when you go to the grocery store, like even when someone does something, you're like, oh, you know, I didn't like that. But the idea is that we have to make sure that our ethics and our way of looking at the world is spread out even in those moments when we're a little frustrated, when we're a little upset, when we're a little bit, you know, someone got us that day. Because then I believe what we're starting to do is we're becoming kind of ambassadors for the movement. We're becoming individuals where our veganism shines through no matter where we are. We don't have to be just hanging out with our fellow vegans or we don't have to be at a, an event or protest or something specific. The idea is that people can see that light in you no matter if they just bump into you the neighbor bumps into you while you're both going to get the mail <laughs> that day, or if someone works with you, works for you, wants to collaborate with, for, um, with you, volunteer to help you, the idea is that we really should make sure that our vegan light kind of shines everywhere. Ah, oh, shining our vegan lights. That sounds like a tagline to me. And coming back to the awareness that we take our persona with us. And I have to admit that I have this activist part of me that can come through. And so thank you for reminding me that it is okay to simply be vegan without having to be an activist, because I have actually been working through letting go of some of my activist nature and the fight and meeting industry, for example. And in my case, prior to me being vegan, it was the fracking industry, mm. meeting them head on with the environmental dogma. I'm going to say with all due respect, the vegan dogma, I'm going to say with all due respect, that when we meet people head on, it doesn't resonate 
with the universal spirit of love. And it's taken me a long time and I still grapple with it a little bit here and again. And so that's a huge lesson that you have just taught us um, and made us aware of. I, you know, I thought it was a good idea to stream this interview in the Vegan Spirituality Facebook page because I'm aware that a lot of vegans who are spiritual are not necessarily working in a way that inter cross-pollinates or interrelates their veganism with whatever else they're doing in the world. And so I know that in your business, you're helping people to understand that intersectionality. So could you chat with us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I think the key here is we have often skills. We, many of us have the ability to do things. And sometimes those skills are maybe not easily described, but a lot of people have the ability to influence. A lot of people have the ability to teach well. A lot of people have the ability to kind of connect. Like you sit down with some people and you feel like you've known them forever. And a lot of these skills are so important in driving a movement forward. They're so important in changing minds and hearts and getting people to open up and even potentially change things that they never thought they would change or be something they never thought they would be. And I really think there's such an opportunity for us to realize that these skills are transferable, that these skills are in a kind of, they're a way for us to bring what we do well out to the world. And therefore, what we can do is some of it is maybe career bound. Some people are looking to maybe be a coach one day. Maybe someone's looking and they're thinking, okay, I want to write a book or maybe I want to do a conference. I want to do something like that. And that would still, in my mind, kind of fall in that career opportunity realm and still be a great way to get the message out. And I think there's such an opportunity for many people to do that. And, and I bring that up because I think sometimes we struggle, especially with our spirituality and things like that, with now I'm bringing in this capitalistic movement and what about the money and the this and the that? And I get it, I don't get me wrong. There's things we have to be careful of. We have to be careful with really everything. And we also don't wanna be so purist that we can't move forward. But one thing I really love to talk about and help people realize is it's so important when you can start to align your career with your beliefs, because then the money that comes in your home, the money that you use to buy your clothes, to pay electric bills, to pay mortgages and rent, all of that is starting to now come from a good place. It's coming from a good source. You don't have to like work another job to pay the stuff and the bills that, you know, the reality is this is the way our society works. Why not bring those two things together? Why not make sure that where you are living, where your money comes from and how you invest your time is aligned with something that also complements your vegan spirituality, or really for that matter, that complements things that matter to you. Because when you start to get that balance, that overlap, what happens is you might open up a whole new world of opportunity and a whole new way to reach new people. So, so profound. I'm just in awe. And I'm just kind of being with you and your energy 
you do seem like a person that I've known for a very long time. And having that awareness, and I don't even know what I think sometimes about past lives or any of this kind of thing, but there's something that we have an opportunity to do and be right now because we've come through this portal of the past year and a half in a way that we may not have imagined. Yes. So, so let's just dive a little bit deeper into how you help people to bridge that gap. What about the person that says, like, like me, in a way, I've just put that V with a circle around it next to my LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. um, literally like a couple weeks ago, because I have this thing going on in my brain, which is I don't want to scare people away. I am perceived often as that purist, as that, you know, look, my vice is sugar. I admit it. I have to go on juice fast to, to like let go of sugar. And then this bakery opens in our town. I live outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a hundred percent vegan bakery. It's called Allegro Hearth. They use organic flour. And even though I don't, I try not to eat processed food and I consider, you know, this flour processed, even if it's, if it's whole wheat, and then my husband and daughter come home with brownies and cupcakes. And, you know, like, are you kidding me? How can I not eat this? But I don't want to scare people away with what their perception is, where they put their hands up and they say, vegan, forget it. That's weird. And not only that, it's too confrontational because I'm not that. How do we bridge that resistance in those of us who are vegan? I really think it's all in how we communicate our veganism, how we show it. It's all in how we share it. I think sometimes we think we have to preach it. Sometimes we think we have to, you know, act like we're at a rally and we have the microphone in front of us and we're trying to make sure they hear us. And at times there is, that's so necessary. At times we're at a place where it needs to be loud where it needs to be in someone's face, where we really have to drive change because there's really some just, just awful, awful things that we do and practices and the way we treat animals, all that stuff really just needs to stop. But 24 seven, we don't have to use that same tactic because we can also be effective. We can also be impactful by living a life as a vegan that allows people to connect. So even in your example, where I am the same way, I love snacks and goodies and oh my goodness, baked goods are just, oh, that's the one thing when we were kind of home in the beginning um, of a lot of what was going on with the pandemic, I was like, oh, I can make my own cakes. We'll just make cakes. And I was like, okay, Stephanie, I gotta slow down <laughs> because I was getting too good at making those cakes. But I bring that up to say that's a way to share with someone a vegan cake you made without preaching why they should make their cake vegan. Because if I show it to them and it's moist, if I show it to them and I show them breaking it apart, when I show it and we're all kind of as a family sitting around eating it and having slices, what happens is people are seeing that and they're seeing me in photos and images that remind them of themselves. 
that remind them of what they would do with their family. So I become less of that vegan over there. I can start to become someone that they can relate to. They can see that connection. They can see, and therefore, sometimes just showing up and being in someone's social media feed, sometimes even being in LinkedIn and sharing fun articles that you read, sometimes even showing different products. Like when we go to the grocery store and something's out of stock and back in stock and I'm all excited about it, I'll post a picture of it. The posting of the picture is not to make other people go vegan. It's me sharing my excitement, sharing my moments that really I was just so happy to be able to get that item. Or if I made a item or made something from scratch, like when I, you know, we make some, maybe make a dessert for my husband for his birthday, I'm sharing the moment. And what happens is people get to share and connect with me. They start to build a relationship with me. They start to feel connected with me. So therefore, when there is time for us to maybe make that jump, or maybe when they have a question, they're gonna approach me because they see me living a life that they feel they could go towards. They may feel like, well, wait a minute, I didn't realize that your hair products matter, Stephanie, and that you have to have vegan hair products. I'm like, yes, I have to have vegan makeup. And when I share that and show that to people, and then they see that, you know, I'm. I'm still doing very similar things with the makeup. <laughs> the idea is it really helps people kind of connect and help see me as their peer, as opposed to the person over there, that vegan over there. They start to then once again, see me as Stephanie, not the vegan, but they see me as Stephanie. And I think the more we can be our whole self, the better people can connect with us. And I don't mean hiding it. Like I don't, I don't hide being vegan. I don't pretend to or water it down in any way, but I definitely believe that people can connect with you by just you sharing as opposed to always preaching. Have you found over time that, uh, I, I guess I want to ask the question, has anybody ever made fun of you for being vegan? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even people who are close to me even people who are actually my friends. And that happens. And honestly, sometimes I don't think they realize that what they said was a little inappropriate or a little bit wrong. I think they thought they were kind of a part, like we were all part of the joke. And I think what happens is that's just an education moment. And instead of me maybe blasting them in the comments, I'll probably direct message them and say, hey, this is what I was thinking about that. Or, you know, I would say it like this differently. And sometimes people just don't know. They really don't. Not everyone is really out to offend or kind of give you a punch. <laughs> sometimes people think they're being clever and they just need a little bit of you being compassionate in the way you respond. So you still correct them. But the way you do it, I think, really matters. And also, I think sometimes you have to have conversations with people. You really have to not just scream back and forth. You really have to say, you know, I don't think that was the best approach. Why don't we do this and do that? But absolutely, I think we all have to manage that. But I think that's a part of life because I've had people make fun of me for all kinds of things. I mean, you know, I'm five two, so, you know, and I wanted to play basketball when I was a kid. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone was like, yeah, you're really going to be a basketball star. I was like, yeah, I am up until, you know, high school. But, uh, <laughs> you know, things like that. I think we all kind of have to 
learn how to be comfortable in our skin and understand that sometimes people may attack who we are because of their insecurity. And sometimes you have to, you have to figure out how do you want to handle that? Because it's not our job to fix someone's insecurities, but we also don't want to lose our centering, especially when we talk about spirituality. We don't want to give up who we are and become the monster version of us because someone else triggered us. The idea is I need to be me and that person, hopefully in either their journey, they'll get better, or if they reach out to me and ask for help, I can help them. But I really got to make sure I stay that whole person and that my vegan spirituality is not shook by someone trying to pick at me. I, I want to shout out to the editor of this incredible book, Vegan Voices, Joanne Kong, who is watching live on Facebook right now. And also shout out to Wendy Linton and Chantal Poulin, who are watching. Thank you so much for being here live. Stephanie, what did you write about in Vegan Voices? So my contribution was around the idea of a vegan future. And what I really am kind of passionate about, and this is kind of the way I see the world, is that I believe there's a way to kind of purposely dream. And for me, one of those things is purposely, you know, dreaming that, that vegan future. And what I did is I wanted to tell people kind of a story about how I discovered that power of being able to dream something, but also be a part of the process to make it come true. And for me, it happened when I was a kid, when I was young, and I saw the steps I had to take in my life for those things to happen. And it happened to me as a kid when I was growing up, but then it happened again when I was older. And then it happened again with Vegan Mainstream, where I was like, oh, can I bring my business and my passion together and help the movement and would it work? And it was bumpy. I'm not trying to make it sound like every journey we go on or the process is as easy as, you know, as, you know, as creamy as pudding, I guess I could say, as <laughs> vegan pudding. <laughs> but the idea is that we can make things happen if we dream it. And what I wanted people to take away from my contribution is that I don't want you to just dream of what you want this vegan world to be, but I want you to think about the steps you should take to actually make it happen. How can you be kind of driving that ship forward? What can you be doing to get there? And the idea is that it all doesn't have to happen today or tomorrow. I mean, it'd be great, don't get me wrong. There's some, you know, I just, animal agriculture, factory farming, I want it to stop. But there's also a lot that needs to be done so we change the way the world works, the way we source products, the way we drive demand, the way we even care for each other, the way we see food as healing versus see sometimes the way we're using food right now to really hurt ourselves. And what I want people to do is start to realize that they have some power in this vegan movement moving forward and that we should all sit down and create that dream. We should sit down and document what we think that dream would be and start to figure out, okay, if this is next month, three months from now, what do I need to be doing? Where do I need to do? What do I need to do to get there? So if I wanna spread the word, 
do I need to work on my public speaking skills so that I can speak more? I'm uncomfortable in front of audience so I can really get that message across. You know, if I want to do things like live, what do I need to learn? What technical things do I need to learn so I can go live to my audience and educate people? So you can start to see that these steps, even though some of them will feel like small steps, because it's like, well, wait a minute, how, me, how did me going live save animals? And the idea is that it can. Because when you start to educate, when you start to share, when you start to explain and your community around you really hears it, many of them will start to believe in that change too. And then they can go on that journey with you to continue to change. So I just wanted people to kind of get excited about the future again. I know there's been a lot of like craziness going on, but I think it's so important to make sure you reconnect with what your dream is and what ownership of it do you want to take to make it happen? I think that that is what the purpose of the book, Vegan Voices, is all about. You have spoken so eloquently and your presence itself is so calming and beautiful. So, wow, just thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time for this interview and I just want to put another shout out for the book to pre-order the book. And um, whoever's there in the in the live feed, if you wouldn't mind dropping the link to pre-order the book, Vegan Voices. It is published by Lantern. So even if you're you know listening to the podcast and you don't have the link in front of you, you can just you know you can just put that in that what is it called that I don't want to use the word that's coming to mind right now but you just put it in your computer and in then your browser you can just type in just the type it in the browser and um you're going to come up with the link to be able to pre-order the book if it's prior to uh, the launch on october 5th or the official launch party on october 10th and um it's just so exciting so it's it's been a pleasure to meet you to speak with you I'm really looking forward to crossing paths over and over again. I have this broad smile on my face because with one interview after another, everybody is so beautiful and kind. And I'm just stepping into my vegan shoes, even though I've been plant, you know, vegan based since 2012, I just feel like a whole new world has opened up as a result of meeting so many new people that are really, really committed to themselves and therefore committed to the new regenerative future that we have such opportunity to create right now in real time. So thank you again and again, everybody who's watched live, everybody who's listening to this podcast. Remember, Reimagine Tipwack is the handle and find us and please feel free to share widely. Have a wonderful, blessed, amazing day morning, noon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And um, until next time, bye-bye.